How scared would you be if you woke up and couldn't move a muscle for like several minutes? It actually happened to me once, and it also happened to my guest this week, Darren Marlar. Only his experience was way more scary than mine. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place, and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I'm continuing my quest to collect the craziest life experience people have ever had. Someone I should probably try to track down is Sarah Lyons from Pennsylvania. Sarah is 96 years old. She'll be 97 on November 30th. She has just become the first person in her local bowling alley's history to roll a no-tap 300, which is apparently a thing. It means she knocked down at least nine pins in each frame. I'm in my 30s, and I couldn't roll a 300 game today. Congratulations, Sarah. My guest this week is the host of the Weird Darkness podcast, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. As a matter of fact, you should take a moment right now to rate and review this and Weird Darkness wherever you happen to be listening. Darren Marlar, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Keith. I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot for having me on. So, uh, so you're calling me to tell me about the greatest uh, the, the the greatest story that you've ever podcast. So what's your story? <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually supposed to be your story. So so I, I I'm talking uh, yeah see, oh, see, see, uh, I'm, I'm talking to people about the 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 greatest story they have. You know that makes a lot more sense because I was thinking you know listening every week to you telling the same story to somebody new that would be get really boring really fast. Well, so, I, yeah. You'd think so, but I, I guess uh, people would have different reactions to it, so maybe it would be interesting. <laughs> and, and then what would be funny is that like, the story would probably evolve over time so that uh, you know it, it just... Uh, yeah, three more... years later, you compare the newest episode to the very first one. It's like, wait a minute, this story's changed a bit. <laughs> it's like, like, it, it's like, like, it's like that game Telephone. It just changes a little bit every single time you tell it. Right. You know, like when I was in uh, when I was working in radio in Milwaukee, um, you know, something happened where a person threatened to beat me with a bullhorn, which was very specific. Um, But over the years, that has basically been shortened to I got death threats. You know, like, okay, the the guy didn't specifically say he was going to kill me, but uh, it's it's not far fetched that. uh that that uh, getting beaten with a bullhorn would kill you. So I I, I feel like I, I'm not uh, misleading anybody with that. And it's just a lot easier to say, uh, yeah, I got death threats once. You know, if he was to hit you with it, then he very well could have killed you. So you're right. You're you're still technically accurate with that. I mean, that could be a deadly weapon. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I'm 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 totally fine with you on that one. Yeah, but but you know, yeah. over the years, it it got to be too much to actually explain. Everything and it just it just got shortened to uh, yeah I got death threats in in Milwaukee once. Well, people probably show you a lot more sympathy when you say death threats too. They do, yeah. And, and like yeah. I said, there's actually you know in that whole incident there was a lot of uh, threatening voicemails. I'm sure somebody actually did uh, did at some point threaten to kill me. So that ah. uh, that that however is is a story for another day. It turns out that uh, well, I I don't know. I haven't asked. Have Have you ever gotten death threats? Because we might have that in common too. Um, no, uh, I did have a very angry father come to me. 
this this is not what we were originally going to go to talk about, but um, I have a radio background as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working um, in Kansas City. I was doing a morning radio show at, at a Christian radio station, and that actually does make a difference in this story. Well, well um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you would expect when you're working at a Christian radio station, uh, you're going to get some death threats, right? I mean, how could you not? Right. Well, exactly. You know, because, because you know, the, the, the listeners of, of a Christian radio station, they're, they're all tyrants. Yeah, they, they get so, really rowdy. Uh, <laughs> well, apparently, I, I had no idea that uh, that this was happening. Well, let me, let me get, I'll take it for, to you from, from my perspective, because um, I think it'll be more effective. I was called into the program director's office one afternoon and sat down and he said, uh, and he, he looked at me, he said, Darren, is there something that you need to let me know? I, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, you don't want to tell me about Elizabeth? Um, who is Elizabeth? You know, the girl that, the girl that you've been going out with. So I'm not going out with any girl named Elizabeth. You know, the girl you got pregnant. So what, what are you talking about? Turn and then the dad comes in, and and the dad is dad uh, of, of Elizabeth is screaming at the program director, screaming at me. I have no idea what's going on. Finally, Elizabeth is comes in and she looks at me, going, "That's not Darren." <laughs> says, yeah, I am. It turns out that our overnight guy had been saying that he was me going out with girls and and uh sleeping with them and and ended up getting this girl pregnant and so this whole time she thought that she was dating the morning guy or or well i don't know how exactly it happened but anyway my name was attached to it that was the scariest day of my life uh so right yeah so i don't know if that 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 probably would have been the worst I don't know. Would that be the greatest story ever podcast? I don't probably not, but that was definitely the scariest one uh, of my life, even though it has nothing horror related to it. Well, yeah, so. I, I was about to say you, you're literally so. So there, there's some um, as as you just alluded to. There's some there, there's kind of some some skeezy people in in the radio business, and uh, and and I'm not just saying this because because uh, you agreed to be on on my little fledgling podcast, but you're literally just one of the nicest people that uh, I've ever uh, had the privilege of working with uh, in in radio, and uh, so it's it's funny well, that you. that uh, a you ran into that situation, but b <laughs> you're not the person like if if I'm walking down the street. And uh, somebody says, "Hey, you know that guy? He hosts a podcast." I wouldn't peg you as the guy who who uh, hosts the the horror podcast. That that wouldn't just yeah, immediately the, jump out at me. Yeah, the horror, the true crime, the really dark and macabre stuff. Um, it, it's I've always been interested in it, though. Um, not to the point that some people are. I've never been goth, you know that that kind of person. Yeah. Um, but my birthday is November 1st. It's the day after Halloween. So all, all my life, whenever we've celebrated my birthday, the Halloween decorations have always been out. My dad, my birthday has always been whenever it's been leading up to my birthday. There's mm-hmm. there always been uh, horror movies on TV and people have been in costumes. And so I think that's probably where it started. So it, it's, it's always been uh, in me that, 
um, the, the, the dark, the, the horror related genre stuff equates to fun. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably how it, how it began. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I started a podcast and I just wanted to tell scary stories more than anything else. And, so that that's what I did. I, I, cause I like, I like telling stories. I like, uh, I, I sort of started by, um, narrating audio books and I, I found out that I enjoyed that, but wasn't making hardly any money doing it. So I started doing the podcast and for a couple of years, it just kind of lingered, but then suddenly it exploded in popularity. And now, um, I've got, I guess what some people would say is a hit podcast, uh, with weird darkness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I get, gosh, I don't know. I, I think I'm getting about 20,000 downloads per day. That's, uh, like that, that. That, that's not bad. Yeah. They, 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 they tell me that's actually pretty good. They tell <laughs> me, I don't, I don't know. How, I, I don't know how the numbers work and, and a lot of people don't share their numbers. So I don't know exactly how accurate this is, but they say that, that that number is within is in the top one percent of podcasts. That seems so about whether, right. So, simply because I, you know, there aren't like the the percentage of podcasts that don't even get to like say a hundred downloads an episode is actually really high because there's a million podcasts, and um, you know, like I said, mo- most of them aren't, uh, you know, don't get past. Uh, past even a hundred downloads. So I could see 20,000 yeah. being pretty rare air, but, um, you know, sort of, yeah, well, you're, you're looking at an average too, because you're right. I mean, there's, there's that. And then there's so many podcasts where somebody will start the podcast, do one episode, realize how hard it is and then never touch it ever again. Yeah. They, they, you get the pod fade thing. And so they'll only do one or two episodes. And then those, those podcasts still exist out there. So they're mm-hmm. still counted in the numbers, Yeah, but nobody ever listens to them. So, those are also in part of the average. So I guess, yeah, I guess I could be in the top 1% and that really isn't now, now that we have, now that we're talking about it, it's really not all that, that big of a deal. So thank you very much for, for making me feel, <laughs> feel less important. I appreciate that. Oh no, I, I didn't mean it was less important. I just thought it was, it was conceivable <laughs> that, that you'd be in the, in the top 1%. Uh, it's still the top 1%. That's the top 1% of a million. That that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Struck me again. All right. That makes yeah, me feel better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the, right. uh, in the same vein though, uh, both us having something in common and, uh, the, the sort of, uh, spooky, uh, end of the world, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, we have both uh, had uh, bouts with with uh, sleep paralysis in our in our lives. Now, for me, it was only once. Uh, it, right. it actually actually may have happened happened twice, but it was actually so quickly that by the time I even realized something was going on, I was I was out of it. So I don't think that that actually actually counts. But okay. uh, when when it happened to me. It was uh, it was when I was in college and I was uh, I was working on a, on a morning show there in, in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, and uh, because of that, I was also going to school at the same time. So I would always uh, finish the morning show, go home for a couple hours, go to sleep and then go to uh, go to college. And uh, uh, I was taking a nap and uh, and I had woke up and literally couldn't move at all for several minutes and uh, um, one of the things that I, I'm not sure if it's everybody's experience with sleep paralysis, but um, 
I, I literally thought that there was somebody in the room with me. Like, mm-hmm. and it was a yep. very, like a very sort of like sinister feeling. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was, there was somebody in the room with me and yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't good. It's called the old, yeah, it's called the old hag syndrome because most people, well, not necessarily most people, but a lot of people will describe uh, like an old woman or something uh, sitting on their chest when they're laying down, like, mm-hmm. like they can't breathe. But yeah, some people will describe like a shadow person or something in the room yeah. or something like that. And, yeah. and that's how it, that's how and it was always, for me. It's always like an evil presence. Too. Yeah, I, I I couldn't see anything, but it was it was like my my brain knew that there was somebody just out of my out of my uh, view that was that was in the room with me. So it was so it was mm-hmm. a really really spooky uh, feeling and then uh, uh, eventually I did come come out of it and uh um uh yeah obviously it stuck with me for a long time because that's not something that uh, that happens every time. So for you has it been something that has happened um often or was it a one-time deal like mine or what what was your experience like? It was a one-time thing. Um Ever since I had it and, and uh, talked about it on the podcast, though, uh, because I, I, I did an episode about sleep paralysis and the old hag syndrome, and once I started doing it, started uh, kind of looking into that and, and crafting the, the script that I was going to use, I was start, started realizing, oh, my gosh, this is, this is what I went through. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, that episode, I've had a lot of people emailing me saying, oh, my gosh, that happened to me, too. That happened to me, too. Mine was... Um, very similar to yours. You said that you had two incidents. One was really quick, and another one was like more of a of an actual event. Yeah, saying almost exactly the same for me. My the the really really quick one wasn't wasn't the evil one. It was I was again it was it was a radio thing. Uh, I was in I was the uh, the network uh, manager for for a, a, a lot of stations. I won't mention the network that I was working for, but I was in charge of a lot of stations at the same time. And I was in the middle of training with two or three people all, all at once. Uh, we had just had a, a weird turnover at once. So I'd been up for maybe 48 hours straight. I was just beat. And I was training somebody on the board. Uh, so, and they were watching things and I thought, okay, this, this person kind of has a good, good handle on it. And so I told him, I'm just going to walk, walk into my office and I got to close my eyes for just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, that's when it happened to me. Um, I, I, I couldn't have been in there for more than 10 minutes tops, but when you're that tired, it's been that long since you slept. And I've heard that actually happens a lot that quite often a sleep paralysis, when it does happen, it, it can happen because the person, uh, hadn't had a lot of sleep beforehand. But anyway, when it happened to me, it was almost that that alien abduction feeling. Mm-hmm. Not, I didn't get any evil or anything like that. It was just that, like I was bound to the chair. Because I, I wasn't laying down. I was just in my chair with my head tilted back. But I couldn't move at all. And I was completely aware of everything around me. I knew, I knew where I was, but I couldn't move. Uh, for some reason, I wasn't. Scared. I just knew that I couldn't move, and I I, uh, I struggled and struggled and struggled, and then finally I kind of snapped out of it. Um, so that was my first incident with it. But like I said, that was really quick. the The big one that happened to me was a few years ago. It was here. It was uh, here at the house in Northern Illinois, and it happened shortly after I started Weird Darkness, and. 
part of that makes me wonder if maybe when we have these, like what you had with the evil presence and mm-hmm. the one that I had, it makes me wonder if maybe there actually is a spiritual co- uh, component to these. I truly believe there is. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've, I've heard the... I've heard the, uh, the the theory that a lot of people who believe that they've been abducted by aliens, sort of as you mentioned, uh, that that's actually what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, for for me at least, and may, maybe for you, I, I didn't get that feeling. It was it was it was no, uh, I didn't. Yeah, else. I didn't actually feel like I was being abducted by aliens. But for some reason, it kind of reminded me of the sensations that people had, had uh, mentioned that they get. But. Um, but for this, this really did feel like not demonic possession, but oppression, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the outside. Um, but yeah, I was in bed, um, and I couldn't move. I was completely aware of my surroundings. I had the, the darkest, blackest figure to the point, blacker than black, almost you couldn't, it, it's really hard to describe how black it was. Because you could uh, you could almost see through it into infinity. It was that black. It was just standing over me, and it was mm. it was emanating just pure evil. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was a demon. I just knew it. And the only and uh, as, as much as I fought, the much as much as I wanted to scream, um, my wife was in the other room, and I uh, I wanted to scream for her, and I, I couldn't get anything out of my mouth. Um, and fine. And I wanted to scream because I'm a being, being a Christian. I, I knew that I could, I could scream for Jesus and mm-hmm. maybe that would help. But of course there's no air in the lungs, but I realized Jesus doesn't necessarily need to hear it. <laughs> he's all, he's everywhere. So right. I was just, I, so it was in my head now. I was just thinking, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And it was at that point that finally I started getting uh, control of my, of my muscles again. And, the uh, entity or whatever it was uh, dissipated and faded away. And I just sat there uh, just trembling for a while. Uh, it was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. So, and so were whole, you like, were you like fully aware and, and looking at, at this figure when it, when it uh, disappeared or was it like you sort of yes. looked away and it came back? Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was fully awake the entire time looking at it the entire time. I, 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 almost, I really couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was, it yeah. was just that terrifying. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you see something like that hovering over you, you're probably not going not gonna to take your eyes off it. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there's, there's a part of you, like when you're a kid, you want to bury your head in the blanket and you say, mm-hmm. maybe it'll go away. But when, at, at a certain age, you realize that doesn't work. Uh, but uh, that, it was so scary. And then later on, uh, a few years later, Netflix came out with a movie called the nightmare. It was a documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have the nightmare. Uh, the nightmare is a documentary about sleep paralysis. And that uh, because of my experience, if you've never had sleep, uh, sleep paralysis, it's just going to be a regular documentary. And you might even be bored by it if you've never had sleep paralysis. But if you have, if you watch that movie, it'll probably be the most terrifying movie you've ever seen, bar none. Okay, so maybe I won't want to watch it. <laughs> it uh, because it brought back all those memories and, and brought those feelings that I had had. And that's what made it so so scary for me to watch. Now, um, uh, so, really so like in the immediate aftermath, because you're like, for me, 
I had the feeling that something was in the room with me, but I didn't actually see anything. And so, right. you know, like my interpretation of that was that that was just something in in my brain. It was just a just a feeling that I had. So it didn't really, you know, it. I, I don't think it, it would have bothered me anywhere near as much as if I had actually seen something. Mm-hmm. And so since you, you know, I, if I was in your position, I'm literally like, okay, uh, we're selling the house right now. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But um, I, uh, we, we, that's a good point. Why the heck am I still living here? <laughs> so, so that that was that was sort of the the question that I was that I was trying to get to well, is it's, uh, it's not like it it had only happened once for one right. thing. I mean, if, if this if this is something that had been happening on a regular basis then I would probably be, be looking for outside help. But it only happened the one time, um, and it felt – it didn't feel ghostly like that. It, it felt more demonic. And when I, when I called on Jesus and it dissipated, I, mm-hmm. I actually felt the, the evil leave. So I didn't feel like I was in danger anymore. I didn't feel like there was a presence anymore. Yeah. So I, I, that's probably why it never even occurred to me to get out of the house. It didn't even occur to me to get out of the room, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Which now that now that you bring that up, that does sound odd. Um, <laughs> well, well, no, I, but, I think it's it's because, <clears throat> you know, like if it had been a situation where you, you looked and you, and you saw a figure and then actually did look away and when you looked again, it was gone, then I you might say – Oh, you know, maybe there's something, something yeah, in the where house that it? I need to worry about. Where did it go? Where did but, it go? But, but yeah, you, but you yeah. specifically, you know, you, you were specifically calling on on Jesus, and then it disappeared. So you'd right. have every reason to think, okay, it, it it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe nobody's ever brought that up. That's that's a, that's a really good point, though. That. Um, well, well, I hope now and, it's not it's not in your head, and, and suddenly you're, no, you're no, worried no, to be in the all. house. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna start. But I'm gonna start asking people that question though, because nobody else who has come to me and said that they had a similar experience, no one's ever mentioned that they want to leave, that they want to leave their house, or, or anything like that. It's it's odd because, but you're right. If it's a ghost, everybody's saying, "Hey, I, I got to get out of here. I don't want. I don't want to be anywhere near this." Yeah. And those are just ghosts. That's not necessarily like some evil presence that's after you. Yeah. But when it comes to the sleep paralysis thing, it truly does feel like you're like. Like your soul, your immortal soul is in danger, yeah. which is so much more terrifying. And yet you're perfectly fine to stay in the house. That's, <laughs> well, that's, well, that's weird. Yeah. In, in my situation, uh, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, not actually physically seeing anything, uh, it just so happened that uh, the house I was living in uh, was brand new when my family moved into it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no Civil War battlefields nearby or anything like that, so I'm I'm relatively confident that uh, that the house is not haunted in any way because, you know, it was only a few years old, and like I said, there's no there's no history there. It was just farmland before right. that, so I I wasn't yeah. worried about it, you know, being built on an Indian burial ground or anything like that, or or they you know you they move the headstone skeletons coming in from the in a swimming pool. Exactly, yeah. So I, yeah. I wasn't worried about that. So that probably helped. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm thankful that I don't, that I don't have uh, issues like that. My dad actually does see things once in a while. He's he seems to be uh, uh, a bit more tuned into the 
paranormal, I guess, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. He's had a few things that have, that have happened to him that there's really no explaining. He, uh, uh, he's, uh, for one thing, there's my, my grandmother passed away and, uh, she had a, a grandfather clock mm-hmm. that the whole family argued over. Everybody wanted this grandfather clock. The only person that didn't argue over it was my dad because it was just a thing. He didn't really care. He just wanted, he just wanted his mom to be happy. So sure enough, dad got the clock. <laughs> and so, and he has seen, and now when it, he moved into, into my grandmother's house when she passed away, so he had actually seen her and felt her presence there, which kind of makes sense, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's where she had passed away. But they moved, took the grandfather clock to Texas, and he actually saw her there too. So we think that she's actually attached to the grandfather clock. Um, they moved to Arkansas with the clock. He saw her there and now they're back in Texas and well, in time will tell whether or not she shows up again over there. So we think what? that she's somehow attached to the clock and it's kind of concerning and, and well, concerning for, for to, uh, my bride more than anything else, because I'm the one that's supposed to get that clock when my, when oh, my dad yeah. wills it. So I don't know what's going to happen there. It's a gorgeous clock, but, uh, and and, and and I loved my grandmother, so don't don't get me wrong, grandmother, if you're if you're hearing this, but you know we we don't really need any spooks. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I was uh, about to say, you know, it, it, if nothing else, uh, in in the afterlife, she's getting to see a little bit of America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's she's a lot more well traveled than I am. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dad, uh, when he was younger, he got a he got a uh, a rifle that he had inherited from his uncle Al. And for some reason, for some reason, the the, uh, the rifle wouldn't work. And my dad, my dad's actually very good with guns. He learned in the military. He was actually uh, he earned, I guess, a sniper rating. I can't remember exactly what they called it, but he he, he was he was a good shot. In mm-hmm. however they they labeled it uh, in the Air Force. But anyway, um, he couldn't figure out what was wrong with this rifle. Ended up having a dream one night that his uncle Al came to him and showed him exactly how to fix the rifle. He woke up the next day, took his took his uh, uncle Al's advice from the dream, and sure enough, that fixed the rifle. So mm-hmm. that's something else that's really weird that weird happened to him. And uh, then he also has seen uh, seen spirits in his house because of his Parkinson's, and we uh, we chalked that up to just because he has Parkinson's because mm-hmm. they they do have hallucinations, right? But things have happened, you know. Um, other things that have happened with him that are kind of unexplainable. And even, uh, he, uh, we almost lost him uh, a couple of years back and he was in the hospital. And he said he actually did see the grim reaper himself oh, wow. in the corner. And I don't know if, if that was the hallucination or not, but my dad never lies to me. So I know I truly believe that he believes mm-hmm. he saw it. And, uh, that's good enough for me. So I know that, uh, he's, He's more tuned into that kind of stuff than I am, and I'm kind of glad that I'm not. Because I don't, I don't think I need that kind of stuff uh, on top of me ter- me telling ghostly stories. I don't right. think I need that much darkness in my life. Right. You you want to tell the ghost stories. You don't want to experience the ghost stories. Right. In fact, I really don't like it, – it's it's odd. I don't really like horror movies. I don't I don't read uh, ghost stories. I, I'm, I'm not a big Stephen King fan or that kind of stuff. I love telling the stories. Mm-hmm. If you give me a Stephen King book to read, I probably won't. If you tell me that you want me to narrate it 
for an audio book or something, I'm all about it. I don't know what that is. I, don't, I think it's just the uh, the narration. I get to become a character. Uh, you know, it's it's just playing a playing a role. I think, and you know, I've heard actors like playing dark roles. Mm-hmm. It just becomes another part of themselves. They get to get all the meanness out of them before they go home and can be nice to their family. Uh, and I wonder if maybe that's that's where it comes in. So I just like being an actor in that way. And and Weird Darkness is just a great outlet for it. Yeah, it could be. Um, well, that uh, we we ended up covering a lot more of the supernatural than I than I thought we would. I wasn't <laughs> wasn't expecting to go through all of those. Uh, all of those hoops either, but well, you're an easy guy to talk to. So, well, well, thank you, Darren. And uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. Thank you very much. I appreciate you sharing yours. If you think you can top Darren or any of my other guests in the crazy life experience department, shoot me an email at greatest story ever podcast at gmail.com. Gabatron.